0: Hi, welcome to my creativity. The podcast about being creative and producing output. I'm your host, Surrey. I reveal how I work, my projects, my process. Well, my creativity. From planning and goal setting, to how I stay accountable for my output, to the way ideas pop into my head into the frameworks I use to stimulate my creativity and formalize it. Like every episode, I start off by talking about the goals I set for myself this past week and how I went with them. But tonight's a special night in my planning system as well. It's the end of the month, and it's also the end of my quarter. So I've got new quarterly goals that I've brought down from my annual, and I've created new monthly goals that I've then brought in from that quarterly, leading to my next week's weekly goals. So I went through this process just before I came here to record this with my wife because she is also going through this same planning system. She set her quarterly goals and monthly and weekly and it's quite an exciting time for her. She's starting a new product and a new business process so pretty good for her. Let me uh, reveal to you what my quarterly goals were last quarter and how I went. My last quarterly goals was to was from January to March. It was to start a podcast with my friend Mark. Okay, there's a big fat tick on that one. We started Space Brains, which is a... I don't know, every two weeks, we do a science fiction movie review. My next quarterly goal was to publish the novel of Season 1 of Exit Plan, my audio drama podcast. That's in progress. I pushed hard. I've got it edited... I've got it formatted, ready for ebook release. I've got my KDP account started. I just have to upload and then um, finish the formatting. But I need a cover page. Now, I'll be getting my wife to do that because she's quite uh, good at design work and she's quite passionate about it. That's basically what her business is about, is design and graphics and video and stuff. So she'll be helping me out with that. So that's pretty cool. So 80% complete of the publishing of Season 1 novel. Next goal was create an interview podcast. Well, congratulations, you're listening to it now. I just interviewed a fabulous author by the name of Vincent King yesterday, and uh, I've been editing that interview together, along with another interview I did of a uh, very talented singer named Fox Ward. Uh, She has... Talked to me about how she started up her band called Dirty Little Secret and about how she has gone through her singing career and where she intends to go and how she's doing it. Uh, She provides some very good uh, advice and insight. I've also got another interview. I've got a third interview recorded, which is for a fellow called Aaron Gwinner. He's a music teacher, a musician. He's released a couple of EPs. Is also now gone on to games development and 3D design, which is something that has been a passion of his since early days. So those interviews are going to be coming up later. Now, creating a shop. I have created the shop. This is 99%. I'm not sure whether to count this as complete or not, but I've created the shop. There is a URL that you can hit, and it will go to the Gravity Undone shop. There's You can't really buy anything there. There's like one test product, and it's not hooked up to any... Uh, Credit card facility yet, so 99% there like it's created, but it's it's non-functional Learn one song on guitar every week. I have been practicing now. This this is sort of um, Sounds a bit easy. I can already play this song glycerine by bush on guitar. That is not a problem It's quite an easy song. I learned it very quickly. I can also sing it Uh, the quality of my singing is questionable but I'm practicing And I'll get there. But playing and singing simultaneously is eluding me. The coordination between hand and mouth just doesn't quite work. That's my old quarterly and how I did. I got my new quarterlies. This is going to cover May to June. So what I have to do is I've got to consolidate my website. Gravity Undone has got three podcasts, which means it's got three collections of episodes, and all those episodes have to have episode show notes, and I think particularly on the uh, Space Brains and this podcast, I need to provide some good information about the content, because Exit Plan being an audio drama, the show notes are kind of uh, just a little blurb about what the show is and what it's about. Uh, it's not a challenging sort of thing to write, but Space Brains, you'll want to know more like, you know, what we've discussed, what movie it is, and and various other features, uh, and likewise, here my creativity as I as I bring out more content in this, there's, people will probably want to be able to look at what's coming in the episode or what was happening in a particular episode. So I have got to consolidate my website. I have to get my shop operational and selling things. So while well, I can get it ready to sell, but you are going to have to be the ones who buy it, or well, not you necessarily personally. I mean, but people who aren't me. And not my parents, that doesn't count. (laughs) If Your parents are the only customers you have for your shop, that doesn't count. Let's see, I've got to finish publishing and sell my novel. You might be surprised, but running a podcast and doing all this other stuff is not free. There are servers I have to pay for, there's hosting that has to be paid for, and I would love to get to the point where I can pay voice actors and uh, sound producers and so on. At the moment, it's all just done as passion projects. Whilst that's cool, I'm here to try and inspire creative people. One way to help with that is to pay them so they can actually be creative. Next thing I need to do is finish learning Glycerine, singing it and playing it. I'd love to play it for you, but I have a feeling that uh, one of the music record labels will come after me if I try that. Okay, running, I've got to build up to 10 kilometers on my weekend. I... Have been a runner in the past. For the past 10 years, I've been running. I've I've run a couple of marathons and a couple of half marathons and a number of smaller distances. Uh, Since the kids came along, my training dropped off, my routines changed, uh, slacked off basically. And I'm also recently recovering from a strained hamstring because I pushed myself too hard too soon. And because I got sprained hamstring, I had to then back right off again. So I'm trying to work my way up to that. Which leads me now to. The month of April. So, of those quarterly, I'm going to pull down some goals, stick into my April. uh, So, the next four weeks, I've got to finish off. So, those goals for April finish my website. That means I've got to get my social links all sorted out. I have to get all my show notes in order. I've got to get my press kits sorted out. I've got to finish off the cast and crew listings. And I've got to start looking at maybe trying to get transcripts for some of these things. I'm not sure about that yet. I don't know how helpful that will be, but I've got to finish this website to finish my shop. That means I've got to get it so that there's some real products there. I've got to get it so that the uh, merchant facility is there so people can throw their credit cards at me you know if they want. And uh, oh, this is quite important though because gravity undone I have taken the stance that it is possible to run an entertainment network, an informative and inspiring entertainment network without advertising. And of course I said this in my first episode. But I think it's worth saying again, the reason I think that's important is one, if I am creating content in order to have advertisers pay me, then the advertisers are actually my customers, and you, my dear listener, become the product. What that means then is advertisers will want to know who's listening to me, what their habits are, where else do they shop, what else do they do, what are they likely to, to buy. And then that turns me into basically a, well, a merchant of your personal details. And your personal details are valuable to you. You can't just be handing them over to listen to a podcast. And I'm not, yeah, you know, don't take this as me taking a hack at other podcasts. People uh, will run business models in order to be sustainable and I'm not going to stop anyone from using a legitimate you know, legal system. This is a personal belief I have, is that I can create a sustainable business producing content for the people who listen and enjoy that content. And that means I don't, I cannot have advertising. Because as soon as I'm doing that, I'm selling you out and I'm creating content in order to attract advertisers. I'm not creating content to attract you. And that's what I want to do. I want to inspire people to create things that inspire people to create things. Okay, so that's the shop. And that's why the shop is important. And that's why my novels are important. And in time, I will be bringing on other People to likewise create content such as novels and um, products and so forth that are products of their creativity and an art artistry. I'm not talking about products like you know, little two dollar widgets you, you'll get on AliExpress. This is something that's creatively come out of someone's brain here. So I've got to start novel two. So season two is up to episode nine of Exit Plan. There's Uh, I think five or six episodes left to go of season two. Season three will be coming up shortly, but I want to be able to create this second novel. So my dream, dream, (laughs) my goal, which I will achieve is to release all three seasons of Exit Plan and three novels, one for each season of Exit Plan this year. Okay, final goal for April, published novel one. So that leads me to, and I'll be recapping these things as we go along in a shorter form In future episodes. So last week's goals. If you're playing along at home. Was to get an episode of Exit Plan out. Success. Finish formatting and prepping my novel for publishing. That means this week I've got to get a cover. I've got to actually import it into KDP. I've got to get my Payoneer account set up with KDP. Because otherwise Amazon will punch me in the face with wire transfer fees. Because being in Australia. I will have to pay $15 per um transfer for anyone who buys my novel from america or if i have an american bank account i don't have to pay any of those fees so i've got to get myself an american bank account let me see get products in the store ready for testing so this week i want to get some products in the store uh, and have them displaying ready for testing uh that's what i had to oh jeez louise i'm meant to be reviewing last week's goal so i did exit plan finish forming the novel i finished forming the novel and prepped it for publishing but i didn't publish it okay get products in store ready for testing i did not do that uh, as it turns out i got hooked into this interviewing people i've been interviewing people and i also went along to a training course on based on circular design which is a, a concept beyond recycling but it's creating products whose outputs become inputs back in higher up the chain so that you absolutely minimize waste, not just recycling. So there we go. That's my goals. I think next week I'm going to have probably my first interview playing. So that'll be pretty cool. But tonight I want to follow on a bit about what I was talking about last week with some more sort of example-based description of what I'm talking about. The importance of me learning about these two mindsets and how that has shaped me and how I think that you can also benefit. Uh, And I've I was also listening to, I started listening to this great podcast called Right Now by Sarah. Um, oh, God, I forgot her name. I'm going to quickly Google that. Right Now podcast. Sarah Werner. Ah, oh, geez, how did I forget that? Yes, of course. Sarah Werner. Uh, she's also known for her audio drama, I think Girl in Space. I was listening to her podcast Right Now, which is similar to my creativity in that it's about her transition from a period of not writing where she really wanted to be writing because she considers herself a writer and fair enough don't we all so she transitioned from a period of not writing which she refers to as a season of non-writing i think her good friend tells her to think of it in terms of that so she went from not writing and then she started getting herself back into writing again and she talked about some of the difficulties or the excuses that she used as reasons to stop herself from writing some of those really sort of resonated with me and I thought it was interesting and I, I wanted to, to provide my uh, input on, and view of that and how, how it relates to me. Because I have a slightly, whilst it's, it's the same end result view, I think I've, got a, a, I've formalized it in this mindset discussion that I was talking about, that this work that this psychologist Carol Dweck has been doing and if again if you haven't looked up her stuff if you hadn't seen her on youtube or something please do it's it really has made an effect on my life and it's it's very worthwhile so first up commitment to purpose this is one of the main things that has shifted me from being a person who considers themselves a writer a creator but is not actually creating into someone who who is now running through podcasts writing novels Uh, helping out with other people creating their podcasts, feeling very energized about that and excited. It's commitment. What this means to me, it means giving up the rejection of doing those things that successful people and coaches say to do. So I came out of a period, let's call it the first 40 years of my life, where I wanted to create and I wanted to be successful at creating, but I didn't and I wasn't. So I'm attributing that to my refusal To do the things I was being told I had to do. I was telling myself stories that I was making real. And what do I mean by that? Well, we all tell ourselves these stories about who we are and what we do and why we do it. And these stories can be thought of uh, as, as like computer programs. They're the apps that our operating system runs. The operating system being our personality, which is a collection of beliefs, values, habits, and tendencies. And these are all various mixes of nature and nurture. And of course, you know, what do I mean by that? So, brain structures uh, and physical thresholds and your limitations and how they interact with society and culture is what I'm talking about. You know, we've got, we've got stuff built into us from DNA, the way our brain has been built, where our nerves connect how our muscles work what our bones are doing and how our hormones are released and how then they how those how those different parts of us interact then with society culture and and thus the sort of thoughts that we have so the stories i was telling myself and i think everyone has some variation on this they were limiting me i was inventing rules that i felt i had to follow or I was inventing these boundaries out of which I could not reach. This is a fixed mindset. So neuroscience tells us that our brains are plastic and elastic. So elasticity is the ability for something to deform under stress, and then when the stress is removed, it bounces back in a shape, like an elastic band. You know, that's why they're called elastic bands, really. And this is how a personality persists over time. So one day we might be getting yelled at and pushed down and we bow down and do what we are uh, told to push through, but the next day when the stress is removed, we bounce back and behave like we always have. Now imagine the time spent with a personal trainer. So while you're with them, you exercise hard and you do the things that you wouldn't normally do because they're telling you to do it and yet you're feeling pushed to do it. The next day, you go back to what you've always done. You know, you're you're sitting on the couch, you're playing computer games, you're not eating properly. Even though you know that you should be active, you know you should be eating properly, and all these sorts of things, but we've got this elasticity that sort of bounces us back. And then the next day you're back with a personal trainer and it's go, 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 and you're all guns blazing. Plastic means that you can bend permanently without breaking, or at least permanently until the next plastic deformation. This is what happens when you believe in and exercise a growth mindset or it can, of course, happen under extreme trauma, which, thankfully, I haven't had. Or it can happen very gradually over time as you absorb habits and beliefs from around you. And that's, I mean, that's an interesting topic we can go into as well, but I'll leave that for now because, you know, how many topics am I going to cover, really? So the stories you tell yourself... And that other people tell you can, over time, mold you to fit them and then keep you elastic rather than plastic. So it will keep you fixed in your mindset rather than growing in your mindset. You'll start to see that things are one way and will always be that way, even if sometimes they vary slightly here and there, but they'll always sort of come back. Rather than this this concept of neuroplasticity, which is where your mind uh your your physical brain as well as your consciousness your mind can actually push out into a new shape can take on new habits more or less permanently and not return back so what are the stories that i told myself and how did learning about mindset change that well the stories i told myself when i was writing and this is just a for example there are many examples of myself, holding myself back in creating these rules and inventing a narrative that made the rules make sense. So I wrote a novel back, I don't know, five years ago now or something? Quite a while ago anyway. And I remember the reason I did it was because back in high school, I started writing this novel. And then I sort of put it down for a couple of years. And then after university, I wrote worked a little bit more on it. And then I things got in the way i put it down and then finally uh after my dad retired he wrote a novel which is it's this fantastic sort of adventure um science fiction sort of story and i thought ah how come he's he's written a novel and it that hasn't been his life stream my life stream for a long time other than using computers has been to write novels and i looked at myself sitting on the train every morning for about 50 minutes just reading books and there's nothing wrong with that of course but I was thinking that I could be writing that book so I sat and I've just furiously worked away I was, I was getting about let's call it 800 to 1500 words a day just sitting on the train for that hour every morning and I got through a hundred thousand 120,000 words wrote this uh, epic fantasy novel and then I started writing the sequel to it uh, and then I, I I also then picked up these two other novels I started writing, and I was going hell hell for leather. And I picked up my first novel, and I thought, okay, I've got to send it out. I've got to get it published. And I thought, oh, you know, that's quite hard. Like I've read the stats on who gets published and who doesn't. I thought I could do self-publishing, and then I went, no, that's too much work. That I'm not that committed to it really. I'd like I'm kind of you know I'm I'm working as an IT professional. That's that's my job, and uh, you know I would have to. I'd have to give up too many things to be able to self-publish. I'll just, I'll just send out some query letters to agents, and I think I queried maybe about six or seven agents, and they all rejected me, of course, because uh, if any of you have ever tried that, that's that's just what they do, because they get yeah you know, hundreds or thousands of manuscripts every week, and they don't even necessarily choose the best manuscript; they choose the best manuscript that they are able to get a hold of during that time, which, you know, I can't imagine how you get through 400 manuscripts quickly enough to find, and then rank them all and pick the top 10 or something, you can't do it. So your chances, in that sense, aren't great. And that's what I told myself. I said, oh, yeah, okay, well, I tried, I put it out there, I did it, and then I kind of just stopped. I stopped writing altogether again, because I was like, oh, well, I'm not ready to live the writer's lifestyle. You know, I'm not ready to attend all of those writers' conferences and join the Australian Writing Society or whatever it is. That's just just not what I'm going to do. So these are just stories I tell myself. I was making this stuff up. And the reason I say that is because you don't have to do all of that writer-adjacent activity to be a writer. You just have to write. Number two you don't have to be traditionally published to be published. I mean, that is a a path that has many advantages, but it is also a path that is harder to get published, but I guess you might say more rewarding potentially. I'm not not sure how to evaluate that, actually. Self-publishing, of course, is no more harder or, or less harder than traditional publishing. In both, you've got to market yourself, you've got to put your book there, you've got to do the best you can, and certainly what I could have just done is very easily published to Amazon as is I mean so many people do that anyway I could have just done that and it would have been there at least I would have published something and I could have moved on with my life but instead I gave the whole lot up for a few years until then I started really really working on myself and my wife had a lot to do with this because she is probably the most awesome person you're going to come across she she would deny it of course but that's not the case she she started down this path with her own business because she left working at the bank uh, and then she went and got herself qualified as a building designer uh, and then we fell pregnant and so she said oh no worries I'll just have this have this baby and after a year of you know of looking after the baby I'll go back and get this work turns out though towards the end of that year we fell pregnant again because I guess we're kind of like rabbits that way. Uh, except we've stopped it too. and then so she's, you know, she's going to spend another and then it's been two uh, bit over two years before since she's done any building design work and she's going okay well you know what I'm, I'm not, the only reason I want to do the building design work is so I could then design and, and create and build buildings but I'd be happy doing other creativity stuff. So she got she started down this path of entrepreneurial um, activity and creativity. And that meant that she started attending training and started talking to other people who had progressed themselves further into this world of um, self-improvement. And if you haven't started down that path, you're probably going to roll your eyes. But if you have, you know what I'm talking about. So I started reading these books. I read uh, Mindset by Carol Dweck. That was uh, brilliant. I've also done some mindfulness training which is uh, quite important when you're doing a bit of mindset identification, if you will. And then some other things And I've got went along. And then, as I said in the past few episodes, we finally went along to this uh, business coaching. So learning the mindset, though, it meant a lot for my creativity. And it can affect yours, too, I think, if you move on and move into it. So anyway, back to commitment and purpose, which is what I started this, this whole diatribe with. I read Mindset, and that book goes into different areas of your life, like career and relationships, academia and creativity, and it talks about fixed mindset, uh, growth mindset approaches to different challenges you'll find there, and I recognize that there were some areas where I was fixed, because it's not an all or nothing proposition here, it is different parts of your life you will think, and it's not even consciously being aware of thinking but you will have fixed attitudes. And it was hard to spot at first, but I've also been practicing the mindfulness. And so through my meditations and contemplation, and you should do that too, I know there's going to be people rolling their eyes going, but trust me, the reason I'm doing it is because people far more successful than me and with far more experience in dealing with success and dealing with successful people in all fields of creativity, business and, and athleticism they say that this is what you've got to do or rather they say this is a path which is a very good path to take toward achieving your goals and rather than rolling your eyes at it uh, as i used to what i found was okay well i'm going to give it a a shot i'm actually going to do it i'm going to commit to this i'm going to do what they say and see what happens so i started to see these stories that I was telling myself these little applications running in my operating system and how they were keeping me from achieving. So one story was like, oh yeah, I know all that. It's common sense and obvious. Writing my goals down isn't necessary for me. Ah, I remember them. Yeah, getting peer review is not needed. I know where I suck already. And so on. But when I dropped like seven grand to go see this three-day business coaching course, to be coached, my wife and I, we talked about these very sorts of stories and we both committed to each other that we would put into practice the things we were taught. Like no matter how silly we thought it was, no matter how silly we thought being grateful for things was, no matter how silly we thought uh, writing your goals down for the week, we would do it. And the accountability to each other has worked, just like they said it would. But we'd previously told ourselves, oh, no, it wouldn't, that's just silly. So those stories started to break down. And I changed I really have, this is, this. it's not, not been elastic, I've not bounced back, I'm actually moving forward on this. So now, how does this then relate to what Sarah Werner was saying in Right Now? So she was saying one of the reasons that authors or writers don't write is because, uh, and she said, she did, and, and I know I've done this too, is she was reading these great books, and I was for a while going through the top 100 science fiction books of all times chrysalids and 1984 and the forever war and gosh it goes the foundation and and so on and so forth hyperion and invariably you, you can't help but compare yourself I mean, you read some of this stuff and you think holy moly that is so well done like i was reading game of thrones if you've only watched the tv show you've, you've barely scratched the surface you read those books and george rr R. martin uh you can say what you like about him but those books are uh, very intricate, and the plotting in it is is so uh, well stuck together that you finish finished reading one of those books and you just think to yourself, how the goodness heck did this ever get right? I could never possibly do that. And so, in comparing yourself, you put yourself down. Now, you see, this is what I've come to see as a fixed mindset. So this is where you feel competitive against, with other people and you're comparing yourself to the other people. And so when you see them, and so you think that skill in, or ability to write is this fixed quantity that doesn't change. So when you come across a writer with greater skill, you read Dune by Frank Herbert and you go, wow, what, what an incredible world he's created and the intricacy of the politics. That's just, I can. I'm going to give up. I can't possibly do that. We see how that's that's like you're thinking that. Well, yeah. He didn't write that in a day. He didn't knock that out in three months. He'd been working his way up to that, growing in skill. And you read some of Stephen King. I read The Dark Tower, the first one. And the imagery in that and the the storytelling. that's just incredible that the The detail, it just makes you see why people say Stephen King is really good. I've read a number of his other novels, and I was kind of going, "Uh, I'm not impressed. And then I read a couple of other novels again, and I went, holy moly, he's on fire. But you see, Stephen King didn't start just writing excellence. He disciplined himself to write every single day, and he still does without fail as much as he can. And that's called skill building. And as you build skill, you get better. And you'll create your own style of writing. And so I see it that way. Now when I read a novel from an incredibly skilled author, I don't compare myself to them. I see what I can be. I see where I can get to. And it inspires me. It doesn't shut me down. It makes me want to write more. Because what I realize is they've inspired me to create. I get the chance to inspire someone else to create. And that's just beautiful. And that's kind of I suppose it is kind of addresses imposter syndrome. And I think imposter syndrome is, is a bit related to this. That's where you think that you're not a real, you know, you're not a real writer, you're not a real musician, you're not a real whatever. And but other people are sooner or later going to figure that out, and you're going to be in you know some sort of trouble, uh, unnamed trouble. But again, that's a fixed mindset, thinking that there is a single achieved state which is you know the expert to which you can then fake and be called out as an imposter. That's not true. Every single day you should be growing and learning. So what what else? Um, Another thing said in this right now, I thought it was, it rubs me the wrong way, and that is referring to realistic goals or realism. Because I find that when people start pulling out, oh, I'm being realistic, they're kind of pulling out, they're actually saying that they're being pessimistic. They're actually denying themselves possibility. They're withholding a true capability. So you've got to be careful with that. So I do believe you do have to be realistic. You've got to have what are called smart goals. You're like specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and time-based. And realistic is one of the options in there. So you've got to be careful when you start pulling out the word, I'm being realistic. I would challenge you to quantify that. So if you say, for example, say, writing a novel in six months, getting it edited and published in another six months is unrealistic. Put some numbers on that. Okay, how long is a novel? Let's call it 80,000 words. How long is six months? You know, that's six times, it's about 180 days. So you've got 80,000 words to write in 180 days. Do the division. How many words per day do you have to write for that? Okay, how fast can you write? How many hours each day can you find to do that writing? And then you can start to break it down. Once you specify these things, You'll know how many words you've got to write each day, or week, or month, or whatever it is, to get to your novel, and you'll be able to look and you know look at your past velocity and say, well, six, actually, six months I could write a novel, and now suddenly you're going, well, I wasn't being realistic. Realistic is to say I could write, you know, a, a draft or a or whatever you want to call it. I'm not, not necessarily saying different people will be able to produce a high-quality novel. It depends on how skillful you are, obviously. But yeah, so you, you've got to be careful of that realism. That was the other point I've got to have right now. She was talking about setting realistic goals, and I agree with her, but you have to be careful. You have to put some numbers against that. It's got to be measurable. If you're going to say it's a realistic goal, then you have to be able to back that up. on. Because I would ask you, oh, I'm being realistic. I'd say, tell me, show me the numbers. What makes you say that's realistic? Why is something else not realistic? And that's going to lead me into time. I'm going to talk about time another episode because that's when I discover the true nature of time. And I'm not talking woo here or weird quantum effects, although I kind of am, but I'm not. It changed me. You know, slowly, little little layers upon layers. So we're talking butterfly effect change, but it did change. So let's then talk about next week's goals. I've told you my quarterly and um, monthly, but was does that break down to weekly? So this coming week, I have to get my novel finished with a cover page and ready to hit that publish button. I'm still deciding whether I hit that publish button at the end of the week or if I have enough time to be able to get a bit of, little bit of extra feedback in. Because, you know, if you want to be a high-performing, creative person, you have to get feedback. You've got to get feedback as soon as you can, as often as you can, and you have to act on that feedback. I'll talk about that in another, in another episode because it's, it's vital. And I know a lot of you are going, oh, but if someone reads my stuff before it's ready, I'll be destroyed. You won't, okay? If you're crushed under a massive boulder, you'll be destroyed. If somebody reads what you've written because you're a writer, that's called being successful. Next thing I need to do this coming week, yeah, I need to work on my uh, website. So that's it. So exit plan, finish off at least one podcast worth of website, and I need to get this novel ready to hit that publish button. And that's it. I'm going to invite everyone who is listening because so far I've had an overwhelming expression of support from the thousands of listeners who have tuned in and have sent me personal loving emails. Okay, I'm hoping this is hoping this is someone is going to be listening to this like in, in years to come and they're going to think it's true. But rather if you're listening to this and you think that you you are ready to achieve something and and you want to set goals, you want to reach your goals, join me. I'm telling you my goals for the week and I'm telling you how I'm going I'm telling you what next weeks are. Send them to me. Uh, you, can, you can get me at Gravity Undone on Twitter. Uh, you can go to gravityundone.net and I think you'll find my email address there. you'll be able to contact me. You can get me on surrey, that's S-U-R-R-E-Y at gravityundone.net. That's an email, old-fashioned. And you can share your goals for the coming week and then I'll be able to basically harass you about them no, hold your accountable. It's, it's not about blame here. It's about simply you tell me that you're going to get something done and I'm going to expect that you've done it because you're a grown-up or you want to be a grown-up and you can you can commit to what you say you're going to do. Thank you and good night.